0: Fans around the world, we welcome you to another edition of the 15rounds.com boxing show. After a lengthy absence, uh, we are back and getting ready for a full fall lineup of big-time boxing action. I'm Mark Ames, along with June Lee. Uh, June has been traveling the world over our, our little uh, summer vacation. Uh, he's been uh, to the Far East and uh, in places in between. June, how you been?
1: Good. How are you, man?
0: You're all right. I just I just needed a rest. You were wearing you were wear me out towards the end. So I needed. Hey, a... I needed
1: a rest too. So you know I had to go out of the country.
0: <laughs> were you hiding from somebody? No. Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. Okay, well let's start it off. Um, well before we get on the way, Alex Bunima will be doing this later in the hour. Um, we'll be talking uh, about the Sugar Shane Mosley Orga fight, Burdo and uh, Stevie Forbes. Some good fights this weekend. Arthur Abraham on pay per view. A triple header on HBO. A lot of news and, uh, a whole lot more. Uh, Saturday night in Carson, California, Sugar Shane Mosey went to 45 and 5 as he notched his 38th knockout as he scored a 12th round knockout at 259 over Ricardo Mayorga. Now 28-71, 12 round junior middleweight bout. Uh, Shane, uh, waited to the last second to, uh, thrill the fans, so to speak. Uh, let's talk about, uh, the, before we talk about the fight, imagine
1: if, Myorga could have pulled out that last round; it would have been a draw. Would have been a disgrace. I don't know. I thought Majorga was doing a pretty good job. You know, a lot of I heard a lot of people at ringside actually have Myorga winning. Um, Shane Mosley could be frustrating to watch sometimes, especially in the latter stage of his career, because he just can't pull the trigger. And I thought Myorga was frustrating the hell out of him. I thought he was outboxing him at one point. But I did have Mosley uh, slightly ahead towards the end, and. You know, he didn't, maybe he didn't need the knockout. Maybe he could have just won the 12th round. Well, it, it,
0: I had it 107-102, and, and you realize something. Mike Swan, our great crack reporter, writer extraordinaire. You know, you, do you, did you know, Bosch, I know we've been gone a few months, a couple months. Mm-hmm. While we were gone, did they move the neutral corner to the middle of the ring?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed that. What was up with that? I mean, come on now. Shane Mosey took half a step, and boom,
0: he landed that left hook, and he knocked Morgant yeah. out. There's, yeah. no, there's no way he would have knocked him out had he been in the neutral corner. Yeah. I mean, well, what's that all about? Is that, I mean, we know Shane was fighting a few minutes from his house, but come on now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mayoga my my would have lost anyway, but yeah. – Hey, because of that mistake, you know, fans got to see a, a thrilling knockout,
0: and we got to hear Larry Merchant say, "Shane Mosley, I love you." That was kind of uh, a, <laughs> that was kind of a, a frightening thought, but you know, well, so uh, Larry
1: Merchant's always been a great admirer of Shane Mosley, uh, and then
0: so have I. I mean, we've yeah. had him on the show many times, and you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I told you know him, I've talked to his wife. I mean, all the big of all the big stars in the game. Sugar Shane Mosey has to be the most eloquently nice guy that we've ever had on this show. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, don't want to go as far as say I love the guy because, <laughs> I mean, I know he loves his wife and, he, and he's got Larry Merchant now. I don't know, how, I don't know if he's more than, 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 a, than a one-man guy, you know, so to speak. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Shane Mosey in his latter stages of his career. What, what I mean, he, pulling the trigger, is there anything else... You know, in the 37 years that Shane is, uh, that you saw that's different from the guy who was 27 or even 30 to 32?
1: Oh, man, I remember watching Shane Mosley on ESPN um, during his lightweight campaign before he even won a title, and he was just blistering. He was throwing blistering combinations. He was incredibly fast. And, you know, everybody keeps calling him a fighter. Yes, he is a fighter. He is offensive-minded. But, you know, you watch the first Hoya fight, he was boxing, you know. He is the dad referred to as power boxing, but yeah. you know, mostly, mostly at one point was very fast, and because of his speed, he was a very elusive guy. And now he, ha- you can see glimpse of his speed and spurts, you know, when he explodes. But as far as how he reacts to, like even the guy like Mayorga, who's a very unorthodox fighter, you know, other other fighters, technically skilled fighters like Oscar De La Hoya, um, Corey Spinks, they were able to neutralize of oh, Majorga's awkwardness just through solid defense and Shea Mosley it looks like a lot of that has disappeared and especially with his reflexes slowing down he just doesn't have it anymore at least not at the elite level
0: um, Majorga kind of you know, this is baseball playoffs this season uh, Majorga kind of hits into the triple play getting knocked out by Trinidad Delahoya and Mosley the, the, the predominant welterweights maybe maybe he should fight Iquartain maybe hit the grand slam you know, those are the like the the, the three big welterweights, uh, you know, of, of this era. Uh, Mayorga gets knocked out by all.
1: You know, I was talking to somebody about um, comparing Fernando Vargas and Ricardo Mayorga, who's had a better career? If you really think about it, you know, my I think I actually go with Mayorga because I think so too. He has that he has that defining win over a top five pound for uh, pound. At the time, which was Vernon Why right. He stopped him. Yeah, and he won the rematch. You know, the rematch was close, but a lot of people did say it was a legitimate win. And, you know, he, he fought Fernando Vargas when both of them were faster he, he, yeah.
0: he does have that big win over Kelly Picharillo, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Mosley uh, as, you know, Mayorga is pretty much done. Uh, he, being a almost a B side uh, at the top of the uh, you know for a top named guy, uh, what you, what you, what do you want to see out of Mosley? We talked about Forrest who just won a belt a few weeks ago. There's that third fight. There's even been talk of a, a third Oscar fight. When i from what I understood that that fight wasn't even like allowed to happen like legally.
1: That'd but, be contract. of uh, that's that'd be conflict of interest. Yeah, and, and that's not really a fight that. I don't think the fans would really want that fight. I don't really care to see it. That'd
0: be that'd that'd be almost like a Golden Boy telethon.
1: Yeah, give Golden Boy money. Yeah, it'd be a serious conflict of interest.
0: Well, what do you want to see Shane do next? Uh, you know, we, you know, rematch with Cotto. Do you want to see him fight Margarito, Paul Williams? I mean, the, there's options out there. 54 with Vernon Forrest. Uh, uh, you know. They, they they kind of mention Andre, you know. They try to mention Andre Burdo a little bit at the end of the broadcast. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, what what the what, what if Lee, uh what, what do you want to see Mosley do next?
1: Honestly, I don't really care to see Mosley fight again. Okay. I think he he scored a a fairly decent victory over a name guy. You know, he was paid what one point five million for this fight. Yep. Um, he still has his health. know if he fights a guy like margarito especially 147 pounds i think that's a very grueling fight for mosley i don't want to see him get beat up for 12 rounds Uh, i would heavily favor margarito in that fight i wouldn't really give him a chance against miguel cotto unless you know miguel cotto has deteriorated since the margarito fight but there aren't any big names out there at 154 pounds if he wants to pick up another title belt you know, the guy that he could go to is probably Bernal Phillips, who's older than Mosley is, who's been around much longer, and that's a, actually a winnable fight for Mosley, but I don't think that really garners any interest either. No, no. And I certainly don't want to see the third Vernon Forrest fight. I think I, I think stylistically Vernon Forrest will beat him 10 times out of 10, and the, especially the rematch, was, which was a very dull fight. I really don't care to see it, especially when both fighters are at the late stages of their career and can't really pull the trigger anymore.
0: Uh, the co-feature saw Andre Berto go to 23 nose. He made the first defense of the WBC welterweight title with a uh, 12-round unanimous decision over Steve Forbes, who's now 33 and seven. Scores of 118, 109 on two cards, and 116, 111. Uh, Berto was solid in the fight. Uh, you know, I guess he did what as much as you could do with a guy like Forbes, who is a tough guy who doesn't get hurt. He doesn't get knocked out. You know, you just got to win rounds from him, and you know. He's not going to hurt you, and that's about it.
1: And yeah, Steve Forbes always presents that 12-round uh, fight. You know, he everybody knows that he can't punch. You think it's, he? You not he could even punch at 130 pounds when he when he briefly held the when he during his IBF super featherweight reign? He, he was he couldn't crack an egg. But you know, he's yeah. a guy that provides 12-round fights and make you work for it. And Gertel did what he was supposed to do.
0: They should change his nickname from Steve Two Pounds to Steve 12 Rounds
2: Forbes.
0: <laughs> uh... There's been talk of a Collazo fight. Collazo, who won off TV on the undercard and uh, stopped, I believe, Russell Jordan. Uh, Collazo, Berto, I mean, I believe that, that is that next logical step up for uh, um, Berto, a guy who's a former titleist, a guy who still has a couple feet on the door. You know, he's got, like, one foot still, like, firmly on the in the inner circle of 147-pounders, uh, and it's time to, you know, step it up a little bit more for Berto.
1: Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge leap from Stevie Forbes and the guy that he fought in his uh, fight before that. Because in reality, Andre Berto has not fought a legitimate top ten or even fifteen type contender. Miguel and,
0: Rodriguez was it?
1: Well, by by uh, <laughs> WBC, accordingly he was. And but I'm only playing. And you know, the, the the toughest guy that he actually fought was the guy that Zab Judah blew out in two rounds. Cool. And he hey, was seriously, right, yeah, Cosme Rivera. He was seriously hurt in that fight, and uh, you know, I, I, for some reason, I can't get that image out of my head when he was knocked down and uh, uppercut. Yeah, and then his corner was trying to prevent him from um, getting stopped. The referee was slow for something, right? Or? yeah, and uh, in a the lot of corner. ways, he kind of he kind of reminds me of a smaller, you know, less powerful version of Terry Norris. And I, you wonder, yeah, a guy like. Luis Colazzo, who doesn't have, who's not known for his punching power, I think that's a very appropriate fight. I think it's a pick 'em even fight, if you ask me.
0: Uh, Saturday, in Mexico, Edgar Sosa went to 33-5. He's made the sixth defense the WBC light flyweight title. He's have a ses- decision over one of my favorite names, Sonny Yara, 28-6. Scores on 118-109 and 117-110 on two cards. Saturday, Jeremy, Guillermo Jones with the 36-3-2. not just 27 knockouts. He finally won a world title, the WBC, excuse me, the WBA Cruiserweight title, with a 10-run uh, stoppage over Farrat Arslan, who's now 29-5-1. Dennis Inkin, 34-0, won the vacant WBO middleweight, uh, Super Middleweight title, with the unanimous decision over Argentio Juniga, 21-2-1. Scores in 118-110, 117-111, 116-112. Finally, last Thursday night, Versus uh, got their new boxing season underway. Paul Williams with a 35-1 with 26 knockouts as he made short work of Andy Coley, 17-2 and uh, in a 10-round middleweight bout. That was a 91-second knockout or 97-second knockout. And uh, Chris Areola went to 25-0 with 22 knockouts as he pounded Israel Garcia, 19-2 in three rounds. Uh, looks like we probably have seen, I don't know if we've seen the last of Paul Williams at 147 pounds. Uh he uh, fought
1: at 156. Uh, tell me what you thought of him as a 156 pounder. Um, he knocked out Andy Cole, the guy from Minnesota. The, the only time I've seen him was when he was getting beaten up by the young Andre Ward on Showbox. Maybe. And Paul Maybe. Williams Maybe. did exactly what he was supposed to do. I don't know if he's a... I, I, to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't really think much of Paul Williams as a knockout puncher. I know he can punch, but... I think he kind of fooled a lot of people with that knockout over Andy Cole. I think uh, anybody who's a decent puncher at 147 pounds would have done the same thing.
0: Um, They're talking about, you mentioned Bruno Phelps you know, Mosey or whatever. They're talking about a possible fight with him. Or a fight down at 147 back uh, with his mandatory Michael Jennings, which is Gary Lockett written all over it, but, it, you know... I'm not trying to compare the, you know, both the British guys, but that's what that looks like there. Uh, I, I would rather see him at 154 take Phillips on Bruno to, you know, win a title belt
1: there. I don't know. I, is Kelly Pavlik win or lose? Is he going to return to the middleweight division? Can he make 160 pounds again I after this? I, up- I,
0: I think he can. I don't think. I, I think at this point, it's just the biggest fight between 60 and 75 for Kelly Pavlik. So. It's kind of like, take uh, get your nose out, take a whip, smell the money, and go with, go where it, you know go where the stench is. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, up? I don't know. There aren't too many big names out at 154. I mean, I guess Vernon Forrest, but that doesn't really look like an exciting fight to me. If I were Paul Williams, um, having that confidence of knocking out a middleweight like he did, why not try? Why not test the real waters at 160 pounds? Know, against yeah. a guy like Felix Thurm or if, he, if the fight could be made here or if he's willing to go overseas to make those kind of fights. But we'll see.
0: Ariola at about 295 now, like 260 pounds, Ariola, Obviously, he trained about 30 seconds for this fight against Garcia. <laughs> Can you imagine if you would have trained him? He probably would have knocked him out quicker than Williams <laughs> knocked out Coley. Uh, it's, it sounds like Ariola is going to fight Travis Walker on November 29th at date again he'll share with paul williams on hbo so uh i fully expect him to take out walker as well you know to at least stay busy so uh that's what
1: well i i would hope uh williams would have a better opponent on, on hbo especially
0: we shall see that'll be thanksgiving weekend uh boxing fans all the great boxing fights uh all the great boxing coming up i mean we got this weekend we got some good fights a couple of weeks We'll all be at uh, Hopkins and Pavlik, and we got Calzaghi coming up with, with Roy Jones, and Darchinian taking on Mijares, and you know, Julio Cesar Chavez coming back, and Lacey and and, and, and Jermaine Taylor, Ricky Hatt, Paulie Malignaggi. And uh, there's a little fight on December 6th between Oscar De La Hoya and Manny Pacquiao. The best and only place to be to get all the inside information, what's really going on behind the scenes, is 15rounds.com. You never know, you get videos of these guys, you get the audio interviews, you get the news of Mike Swan, Mario Ortega, Bart Barry, Norm Fronheim, June Lee, Anson Wainwright, Matt Yanofsky, uh, the list goes on, on, and on, man. I mean, that's the only place to be for the latest boxing news, 15Rounds.com. Saturday in of California, HBO Boxing After Dark is a interesting triple header. Uh, Sergio Martinez will take uh, 43-1-1 with 25 knockouts. Will take on Alex Bunima, 35-2 with 16 knockouts. Alfredo Angul, 13-0 with 10 knockouts. Takes on Andre Serkan in a junior middleweight belt. And uh, Yuri Gamboa takes on uh, Marcos Ramirez in a battle of undefeated 130-pounders. Uh, June, before we get to Alex Bunima, uh, give me your thoughts real quickly. Just give me a quick thumbnail on these three fights.
1: Uh, Sergio Martinez against Alex Bunema, I think that's a toss up fight. Uh, Martinez is a very effective guy. He's not really, you know, pleasant to the eye, but you know, he, he has forty three victories. Only he's only lost came in against Antonio Margarito. Alex Bunema, you know, he's a he's a guy who's who reinvigorated his career with the victory over Roman Commerzing, but I think it's a toss up fight. As far as uh, Angulo goes, I like Angulo over Zircon in a it, very good fight. Give me a, a, a crowd-pleasing fight. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's like... going to be a very good fight. And you know Zircon can take a lot of leather, so I see a, maybe a late stoppage or uh, Angulo on points. He's the more technically solid guy, and he hits a lot harder. So. Gamboa Ramirez. I like Gamboa two, two, three rounds.
0: Just hopefully he keeps his hands up a few, few more times than he did last time. Uh, earlier this week, I had a chance to talk to, as Judy say, the man who's reinvigorated his career. Uh, me, uh, June and I were uh, ringside. Uh, were, you, were, were you with me that night with, with the Carbison
1: fight, the Roy Jones uh, fight? No, I had a family emergency. I watched the pay-per-view at home.
0: Okay, well, I was there. I watched. Uh, I was ringside to watch this man reinvent his career. A uh, man fighting for the WBC Interim uh, Super Welterweight Championship, Alex Bunima, And this is how it went. on the line is uh, one of the top junior middleweights in the world and this Saturday night will be taking on Sergio Martinez in a big fight for the WBC Interim uh, Championship. Alex, the technician, Bunima, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing great. Um, quick thought, quick opening thought about the fight on Saturday night. You're, ta- you're fight Sergio Martinez. What are your thoughts on the fight?
2: Uh, very excited. You know what I'm saying? I've been waiting for the opportunity. I'm finally glad that I- I got to put in to file for the WBC title, so I'm uh, very excited about it. You know, what I'm saying I can't wait for my fans to really get a chance to, to see me fight again and uh, enjoy a great fight. I, I think uh, I was talking with your manager earlier
0: this week, and uh, I think you, you got a, a very interesting story. As in, and um, to be honest, and I think you know this. You know, when you the, the fight that really turned your career around was a fight against Cormier, and that got you on this great role that you've been on. Uh, you know, obviously, you were brought in as the opponent, so to speak, uh, as Carmazin was the heavy favorite. What did that fight? You know, what did that fight do for you in terms of like uh, bring you to you know where you are today?
2: Uh, I mean, he did a lot. Like 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 Omar just said, you know, he said it all. You know, what I'm saying after being off with uh, my shoulder injury for two two and a half years and coming back, and then uh, I was uh, brought in as an opponent. That was an easy win for commerce. but myself going in, you know, I knew what I can do. I was ready for the fight I trained for, so I knew what I was about to do. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people were surprised, but most of my fans wasn't because they knew what I did before and what I was about to do. Um, what do you know about Martinez? Uh, I really don't know much about the guy because most of his fight is out of the country. From what i see, you know what I'm saying, he's a great fighter. He's ranked number two in the world, so. I know that it's uh, his opportunity for him as for me, you know. He's going to come in and try to bring his A-game, and I'm coming in and try to bring my A-game.
0: Okay. Um, th- You know, this opportunity, uh, you know, about, if I would have said a year ago, Alex, you'll be fighting for a world championship, would, what would you have said to me? Would you have thought it
2: was crazy? Uh, actually, no, you know what I'm saying? Because I've been on this stage before, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I believe it was 2000, 2002, I fought Bronco here at the pretend at the same place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I got robbed. You know, I beat him. Bronco made me to lose to the fight. But, you know, the judges gave it to him because he was uh, the house name. You know, that's just poor thing of boxing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised with everything I was fighting for the World Title a year ago. Um, the, the biggest name on his record has been um, has
0: been uh, Margarito, and he lost that fight. Um, he, he, he lost that fight. You have fought Jermaine Taylor. You fought Bronco McCartney. Roman Carmizen, amongst others. Uh what has that done for you? You know, do you feel you have an advantage there, being that you have fought all these top guys and he really hasn't?
2: Uh in a sense, you know what I'm saying, technically speaking, you may say, Yeah, i think he's got an advantage because he fought us you know what I'm saying so called big names, you know what I'm saying? I look at him as far as anyway. But uh, you know, like you say, he, the they don't want a big name he got is... uh Margarito, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he lost against the guy. But, but again, man, I want to take nothing away from the guy, man. You know, you know, he, he knows this is an opportunity for him to fight for the world title. I know he's going to come in and give me everything he got, and I expect him to do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'd be ready for him. And uh, like boxing, it's very unpredictable. Only one punch can change the fight, like you saw in the common fight. Everybody on prep right comes in beating me and destroying me in two runs. So only one punch can change the outcome of the fight.
0: Um, after you fought Carvins and you took out Walter Matisse uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very grueling fight, a vicious fight, Just scored a great knockout. Uh, um, just talk about it. Right, I mean, you got 16 knockouts and 30 wins, but yet, uh, you know, which doesn't seem like a lot in terms But but you, you're a knockout puncher, you think,
2: right? I'm, I'm, I'm a big every puncher, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, Boxing man, a lot of people don't, don't don't really pay attention. Boxing is all about your mind. You know what I'm saying? You 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 got peace in mind. You are able to do great things. When you your mind is not in place or your mind is not 100% ready, I don't care how much talent you got, you were not able to perform. I mean, that's the different Alex now and the different and the Alex before. The old my my mind had a lot of things going on, like you know like I changed camps a couple of times and uh, you know what I'm saying now I'm, I'm kind of settled. You know what I'm saying? More mature into the sport, so. You know, everything is falling apart, right?
0: What's it like, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the uh, karma's in fight. He was the favorite fight, you know, he was the favorite guy. I mean, you fought Jermaine Taylor uh, on HBO. I believe you fought him on HBO too. Um, he was obviously the favorite guy. Most people think that this is a 50 50 fight. I mean, what's it like going into, I mean, obviously you have a lot of confidence, but what's it like going into a, a big fight like this? you
2: know, when the rest of the world thinks that you have, you probably have a chance to really win this big fight? Uh, You know, like, uh, you know what I'm saying, the, people always think whatever they want to think. You know, that's the thing about If you go out people think, then, you know what I'm saying, I won't be where I am right now. You know what I'm saying? But I say most of the fight that I fought have ever been an underdog. You know what I'm saying? But the difference this one is, you know, after people have seen me fight and uh, the, the, since my comeback, you know, they say, oh, God, I just did done this and done that, so they give me a chance, you know what I'm saying, like it's going to be a 50-50, and Alex is far the toughest opponent, but you know, all that stuff, it, that doesn't really matter, you know what I'm saying, it's just uh, opinion, you know what I'm saying, my other thing is, I trained for this fight, I get my 110, and I'm going in to give a good show, and uh, you know what I'm saying, to win the fight, looking forward to winning this fight. You at
0: home in Memphis for this fight, talk about that.
2: Uh, that was great, man. You know, my wife, man, she'd be my number one inspiration, you know what I'm saying, for the get-go, you know. And uh, being home, man, I, I couldn't ask for nothing better than that. You know, I was home, training. My kids there, you know, they supported me also. So that, that I was uh, in peace with myself, and I was very, very focused. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, like like I said, man, come Saturday night, everybody's going to see what I'm talking about. Did, did, you, have, did you
0: have to, uh, get, did you have to uh, kind of... Uh, change, like, uh, your diet, because, you know, you obviously, uh, you like, there's nice home-cooked meals, and when you're away in training camp, you usually have someone cooking for you. I would imagine your wife was probably cooking for you while you were at home.
2: Oh, yeah, he was much better, you know, because, because it's easier, because I'm used to my wife cooking, you know, I tell you that, man, I, I hate everybody else cooking, so I get frustrated times, you know, but my wife was easy to follow my diet, and everything was falling apart great, you know what I'm saying, so that's the first time that, you know I'm saying, I came in the camp. Then you know, I'm saying, I didn't never struggle with my weight or whatever, so everything was great. Uh, you,
0: you're uh, a boxer, also as a full-time job, you work a, with nuclear stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, come back in. Y- y- you, talk, tell us about your job that that you have. You want a boxer with a full-time job?
2: Yes, yes. My, I, I work at a little refinery. It's an oil refinery. Oil I do refinery. Inspect, yeah, I do inspection on piping and uh, tanks and vessels. So I, you know, I do inspection stuff like that.
0: What say that, I mean, this is kind of a, a different kind of question. Does your job in boxing, is there any similarities to, you know, mindset or something that maybe help you in your boxing career?
2: Yeah, it is things, you know what I'm saying? As my job goes, man, you know, if I don't do my job right, and I put everybody's life in danger because I do an inspection. So if I do my inspection wrong, and then, you know, everybody else lives in danger, same thing as boxing, you know what I'm saying? If I cheat myself in training, they yeah, have go to the fight, and then everybody's going to be disappointed. My, my camp, my trainers, my managers, because I didn't perform the uh, best of my ability. So I'm going to my 100% of work the same way I do, give my than 10% uh, of boxing, you know. I always uh, plan on being the best the way everything I do. Is it, I guess it, it helps with your focus, I, I would imagine? Yes, most most most, most definitely.
0: Um, anything uh, you want to say in closing before we let you go uh, and we'll see you on Saturday night? Anything you want to say in closing?
2: Uh, just so, uh, you know what I'm saying, you're just are I want to tell my fans to be looking out for me, man. It's going to be a, a great coming out Saturday night. I can't wait. I'm excited, anxious at the same time. Man, I think uh, the comments is five uh, people thought I was a shock and went until they see this one Saturday.
0: Well, Alex, we thank you for a few minutes of your time. Uh, I hope to see you Saturday night, and best of luck. Uh,
2: Thank you, man. Same here. Thank you.
0: Alex Budima joining us on the boxing show. Saturday in uh, Germany, Arthur Abraham, 27-0 with 22 knockouts, makes the eighth defense of the IBF midway title when he takes on mandatory uh, challenger Raul Marquez, 41-31 with 21 knockouts. Uh, Abraham back at 160, defending against uh, the former world champions, come off an upset win over Giovanni Lorenzo. Uh, this fight can be seen on pay-per-view at, at 3 o'clock Eastern time in the United States. Uh, Dooney, quick uh, thought on that one.
1: Uh... I have no interest in this fight. Abraham should win this fight easily. I think Raul Marquez perhaps scored one of the most significant win of his career in late stage of his career when he, you know, I didn't think too highly of uh, Giovanni Lorenzo, but you know, I thought he wasn't gonna have much problems with Raul Marquez. But I'll give him credit. But this is not a significant significant fight. I don't know who's gonna order this pay per view. That's just my opinion. I like. <laughs> now, actually, you know what? I'm
0: not going to order 15 uh, roundscom I call him the Superman, Super Mario Ortega. I know will be getting the pay-per-view when, uh he'll be uh, giving his uh, post-fight report, as only he can do it. I'll be getting, I'll be getting. Uh, we actually kind of made a made a little deal to see uh, who's going to cover what. I'll actually be getting a, a pay-per-view card from Puerto Rico on Saturday. We watching man- Juan Manuel Lopez, 22-0 with 20 knockouts, make the first defense of the WBO Super Phantomweight title that I know you're with me watching him win that title, right? Right?
1: Yeah, sure. You were, <laughs> you were next to me. It was me you, and my man Anson, right? Oh, when we watched uh, Lopez blew out yeah. um, Jose de la yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought you were yeah. next
0: yeah. Uh, to me. Actually, uh, yeah, you were sitting there. I thought that was the fight where you were out in. Eh? Yeah,
1: we were hanging out with uh, De Leon's lawyer the night before.
0: Well, I know. I thought during that fight you were trolling the boardwalk looking for people in Atlantic City. See, <laughs> uh, so he, he's going to take on Cesar Figueroa, 30 and 6 with 22 knockouts. Just uh, by you laughing there, I don't think you give Mr. Figueroa much of a chance on Saturday night.
1: Uh, uh, I, I've actually never seen uh, Cesar Figueroa, but. You know, if Lopez comes out like he did in his last fight, it should be easy work for him.
0: And uh, he, if, he, if he if he does do easy work, there is talk that he will be uh, on the Oscar De La Hoya undercard with Manny Pacquiao.
1: Actually, you know how Lopez has 20 knockouts um, in 22 of his wins, but he can actually box. I've never yeah. really seen him decisively lose a round. Um, he could be boring at times, but he gets the job done. Hopefully, he'll make a statement. Awesome. come out with a knockout wi- uh, victory.
0: Also on the pay-per-view card, Alex De Jesus 18-0 with 12 knockouts, takes on Jose Izquierdo, 17-3-1 with 14 knockouts, and junior welterweight bout. uh Tell the Futura comes to pay-per-view with that fight. Uh, Friday night in Salisbury, Maryland, Showbox will feature four undefeated fighters. James DeLaRosa, 17-0 with 12 knockouts, takes on Tim Coleman, 14-0-1 with three knockouts, and a junior middleweight belt. Fernando Guerrero, 9-0 with nine knockouts, Ty- battles Tyrone Watson, 7-0 with three knockouts. It's an eight-round middleweight foul. Uh, I, I know uh, our man Tom Luffman, new to the scene on 15rounds.com, will be ringside for that one, so watch for his report there. There's a lot of news uh, this week we'll get to. In a 10-round rematch, uh, two, uh, two of the best female fighters in the sport, Detroit's Mary Jo Sanders, that uh, will try to avenge her loss uh, uh, to Holly Holm, October 17th at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Uh, in June, Sanders, uh, lost for the first time as, uh, Miss Holm scored a, uh, decision win over, uh, over, uh, Miss Sanders. Uh, Nacho Baristein will, uh, Beristain, excuse me, will work the corner of Oscar De La Jolla in his big fight that's coming up on December the 6th against Mani Pacquiao. Uh, question for you, June. Hey, yeah. What do you think of the choice, and let's, I'll, don't, let's not get to the Marquez angle just yet, but what do you think of the choice just in general for Barristain as, as the trainer here?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's inappropriate. De La Hoya is, is, isn't really offensive-minded. He is more of a defensive fighter, and he once he smells blood, you know, he goes all out. And that's kind of like how Marquez is. Marquez's offensive output is great but he also has that tight defense. Against Manny Pacquiao, I'm not sure if he really needs um, Nacho Beristai. I think he could just... He, he doesn't need any trainer for this fight. As long as he's in shape, comes in, makes weight without any issues, I think it's an easy fight for him. So,
0: wow. I think uh, I think Pacquiao's going to win this fight, but we got a month and a half to talk about wow. that. Wow. Okay. Um, the, the, well, the main question is, do you think anything that... Because of the 24 rounds and the success that Marquez had in Pac- against Pacquiao, do you think that means anything uh, with the trainer training another fighter, in this case, De La Hoya?
1: Yeah, it, it adds another angle. Well, to yeah,
0: to the promotion, yes. But forget the promotion for me because they, they, they're not going to, you know, they're going to promote this thing all over the place. So, they, you know, I'm just talking inside the, inside the four ropes uh, when, the, when the bell rings on December 6th. Does the, I guess, wisdom of Barristan being in the opposite corner for 24 rounds, does that mean anything during the fight?
1: Yeah, of course. I think so. Because, you know, Barristan, by training Marquez in 24 rounds against Pacquiao, he, he, in his opinion, he's going to know what Pacquiao is going to bring to the table. And if he was, if he's going to be able to provide that knowledge to De La Hoya, if De La Hoya even does need assistance... It'll be, it'll be very helpful
0: You know, speaking of that fight, June I, I got bad news for you I, I really You, you, you want to hear this bad news? Sure Tickets for, for the fight sold out In about about Less time that we'll take to, to this radio show
1: Oh, that's a big surprise
0: <laughs> uh, Well, you can't get your tickets now Yeah I know you want to go desperately And uh, I guess you'll be sitting at home with me I'll put, You want to come over?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll drive up there.
0: Uh, may, uh the 16,000 seat arena w- will be sold out with a gate of 17 million, making it the second biggest gate in boxing history. Uh, what a shock!
1: What was the first? The may- Mayweather fight?
0: I guess so. We were we were there, but we didn't add to the gate. We added to we added to the uh, we added to the. Uh, actually, you know what? We both won money that weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Did I give Did I give you? I, didn't I, give I you was a, in the press room. But didn't I give you didn't I give you a, a, a baseball pick that weekend that you wanted? Oh played? yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: I picked Phillies.
0: Exactly. Uh, WBA champion Anselmo Moreno will make the second defensive his title in more than a month on October 30th in Panama City against Rolly Lunas. Uh, that fight will take place uh, in Panama City. Lunas of the Philippines. Uh, looking forward to that one. In uh, a story that I broke on GoFightLive.tv TV when I was doing some broadcasts, Demetrius Andrade uh, will make his pro debut on Thursday, October 23rd, on Versus uh, in uh, in Northern Washington. Uh, the main event will be a world title fight, I believe, between Orlando Salido and Cristian Ball Cruz. Uh, so Demetrius Andrade, a U.S. Olympian, makes his uh, you know world um, world uh, pro boxing debut. Uh, after months of speculations and going through opponents like you go th- you go through shirts in the morning Former world cruiserweight champion David Hayes finally has an opponent. He'll be taking on Monty Barrett on November 15th in London, England uh, What are your thoughts on that fight?
1: Yeah, that's an appropriate fight. I don't know why it took so long for them to uh, Pick out an oppo- opponent It seemed like Monty Barrett was calling him out from the beginning But yeah, that's a, that's an appropriate fight the
0: fact that he wanted to fight JD Chapman and guys like Ray Mercer. The only two names that really meant anything to me would, would have been Barrett or Eddie Chambers. And yeah. You want some inside information? You only get inside information on 50 Eddie Chambers accepted, they offered Eddie Chambers a fight. Chambers accepted the fight and then they went looking for Barrett. So that's what, that shows you what they think of Chambers.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, Chambers is a slick guy and, uh... But they offered him the fight and Chambers
0: accepted it. So buy offer in the first place. There you go. Only a boxing. Yeah. The undercard has been announced for the big October 18th pay-per-view uh, extravaganza with Kelly Pavlik and, and uh, Bernard Hopkins. Uh, obviously, we'll get closer to the fight, but we'll run down the pay-per-view. It For the WBO featherweight title, Stephen Luevano will make the third defense of uh, this year when he takes on Australian Billy the Kid Dibb. WBO number 1 Bantamweight, Abner Mara, 17-0, and will be risking his undefeated record when he takes on Luis Melendez, 25-3, 120 knockouts. Melendez, we lost saw fighting Fernando Montiel in a great fight on versus. That was probably the best fight versus ever had, I think. Yeah. And uh, finally, which I think will be the best fight of the night, June, I am being dead. I mean, th- th- this fight is going to be a war. Marco Antonio Rubio and Enrique Ornelas, and the winner to become one of Kelly Pavlich, uh mandatory fights, uh, um, mandatories later at some point. Uh, what do you think of the undercard in general? I think it's a fun little undercard.
1: Yeah, it's pretty decent. Like you said, I think uh, Rubio against Ronaldo is going to be a good fight. Um, I'm not sure about uh knows defense against Billy Dibb. Yeah, I've seen Billy Dibb fight. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a 12. You know that's going to be a 12 round, though. Uh, Unless Lou somehow or someone knocks him out.
0: Since uh, since uh, you won't be, I don't think you're covering that night, but you'll be there, I'll make sure that you're able to bring my coffee during that
1: <laughs> We'll see.
0: And it's, uh, and it's always good to see a good, undefeated, young, big time prospect in Abner Maris, uh, you know, a little bit of a step up fight. Melendez gave Fernando Montiel all he wanted and more. Dropped. Him. If I'm not mistaken. So. I thought
1: Maris was going to fight uh, Jerry Penalosa. That would have been a good fight.
0: I think there's a chance that could land on the Oscar undercard if Maris comes through unscathed. There's there's a possibility of that happening. Um, uh, yeah, I believe Yuri Foreman will be off TV. Rock Allen will be off TV. Maybe a couple other known names in the boxing world may fight in the off TV card. So it looks to be a fun night. And 15Rounds.com will be there all week in Atlantic City. From Tuesday on... Expect the best coverage on 15rounds.com for the next big extravaganza. that takes place in two weeks, October the 18th. That would be at Bernard Hopkins fighting at Kelly Pavlik. Uh, Junior, uh, it's a long time. Uh, I thought I'd be out of breath. Uh, you know, I thought I'd be a little bit out of shape here, the first one coming back.
1: It looks like uh, not too much ring rush this week. Yeah, well, we did okay. I think we'll do a lot better next week. I think so,
0: too. Uh, you know, we'll be we getting some good guests on next week. I'm always... Working on some guys, uh, possibly Chad Dawson, maybe Antonio Tarver. But, you know, uh, just stay tuned to that. Uh, Any final thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Guillermo Jones' title-winning effort against uh, Arslan. Yeah, did you
0: get a chance to see that fight? Not yet, but I heard that Arslan's lip was hanging hanging off his face,
1: though. Guillermo Jones coming off that long layoff. Uh, he looked very good. He he just may be the best cruiserweight in the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, hey, I, I never I never watched the uh, the fight against uh, Steve Cunningham. It, it, other than you, a lot of people say that Guillermo Jones should have won that fight. So I got, I who knows?
0: Got, I got the fight on tape, so maybe one night you'll come over. You bring the popcorn. <laughs> and we'll we'll, we'll, sit, we'll sit we'll sit around and uh, tell stories and watch the fight. <laughs> Well, that's our show this week. Uh, email me at mabrams at 15rounds.com to have your question right on the boxing show. Uh, I mean, we do have still a lot of prizes, man. There's prizes been collecting dust, but still some, some good stuff there back there. You still got the Oscar Delaware book? I have one or two left. <laughs> I have one or two left. Um, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, it just comes off. And also, just a little reminder... Friday night, seven thirty. Watch live on GoFightLive.tv. Eddie Chambers taking on uh, leaving Castillo. GoFightLive.tv is one of the, uh, the great new interventions and uh, something that I'm proud to be a part of and with uh, partnership with this this website. Um, just a, just a, it's a great thing, and in, in the world. You can watch live boxing, top of the line live boxing. So, uh, GoFightLive.tv Friday night, seven thirty p.m. for June Lee, I'm Mark Abrams. Now I'm starting to, now I'm starting to get a little bit fatigued. (laughs) See you in the ring.